on this episode of The James Quandall Show. You think athletes fail? Of course they do. Do you think business people fail? Of course they do. Do you think people fail in their personal lives? Of course they do. See, the hardest thing you have to do is forgive yourself. Forgive yourself, get up and go again. Okay, you made a bad decision. Great, we all make bad decisions. Get up and make a good decision and keep going. Joseph Land is the founder and chairman of JL Capital Group, which provides funding and liquidity for investors and entrepreneurs who are looking to grow their businesses. Joseph has a passion to help entrepreneurs who are looking for the edge to scale their businesses. As a kid, his dream was to play professional baseball. The LA Dodgers drafted him, and he thought his dream would be fulfilled. However, a torn rotator cuff ended that dream, and he knew he had to get another dream pretty quickly. After that, he formed the Joseph Land Group. In over 25 years, his company was fortunate to grow from a humble beginning to a business with over 1,500 trucks and 2,000 employees producing more than $179 million in annual sales. Joseph Land is recognized as an elite entrepreneur, business strategist, global leader, speaker, and author. He speaks around the world and is a leading authority in helping energize his audiences to meet the challenges of the world around them. And I'm curious... One, what are you working on right now? And then I want to go back a little bit and talk about how you got to where you are today. Okay. Um, well, James, as you know, I've built two large companies and uh, one over $200 million in annual revenue when you combine everything I was doing in the transportation field and then the other um, uh, in real estate. And, and now I'm working on um, two projects that I think will be bigger than either of those. One is uh, my company, JL Capital Group, uh, where we uh, have our family investments and also um, where I am doing some uh, overseas kind of financial things um, that I think are, are perfectly timed for uh, the time that we live in. And then the second thing I'm doing is I see so many people out in our society today who need a break, who need encouragement, who want to uh, believe that they can do something special in their lives. And I believe that I have the experience and I have had the experiences uh, to be able to do that. And uh, so I've created what I call my insiders club uh, where I can have uh, a number of people join for less than they pay for Starbucks every month <laughs> and uh, and get the knowledge and information of what's going on in business, how they can how they can better themselves, and so forth and so on. And so I'm very excited about it. And uh, I think that will be the greatest thing that I do, and I think that's my calling in my life. That's fantastic. And I know a lot of your backstory. And so the listener may be going, oh, well, is that something I want? We'll come back to that to the end after they've heard more about you. And I guarantee that they're going to want that for that price. It's unbelievable. And I know just because I know you. But what my, the first thing I'm thinking about, you started your first business and it grew and grew and grew and you worked hard. And did you sell that business? Uh, yes. Mm hmm. Why did you start another one? You didn't need to do anything. You could have just sat around the rest of your life and just enjoyed life. Why Why work more? Uh, well, because I love uh, the game of being in business and doing things. And I think um, I think we're all called. I, I, I can't I haven't read anywhere uh, in the Bible where it says you're supposed to retire. <laughs> I can't find that one. 
And so it, to me, I, you know, business is like playing sports. It's, uh, it's fun and I enjoy it. And I, I enjoy being able to create things that uh, bless people. And when you have a business of your own, you're kind of creating your own economy. And uh, when you have multiple businesses, you're really creating a great economy. So I, I love the game. I love doing that. And, uh, you know, I've been a competitor all my life and I guess I will be till until I pass on. <laughs> so when, when you hear about folks talking about things, there's like the fire movement, which is financial independence, retire early. And I don't want to go into that whole ordeal and the debate it, but there's just this attitude along my contemporaries of let's make some money and then we don't have to work anymore. And I thought that that's what I wanted for for a short time until I got really bored of not working. And I was like, this, there's got to be more than this. You can only relax and drink so many, you know, mixed drinks and go to so many vacations and play so many games before you're like, all right, there has to be more. I, you know, me, I, um, I believe I would be selfish if I didn't tell people what I knew. I, I, I believe that that I would be seen as being selfish if I didn't try to be a blessing to people and help people. And so uh, retiring early and all of that is just simply not in my thought process. Uh, working smarter, working a little less, maybe. Yes, I agree with that. But uh, creating something that uh, blesses thousands of people, uh, man, I, I just get a charge from that. I get a rush from that. And, and I think that's my mindset. Have you seen some of your peers that you were growing your businesses with, maybe in other fields or in your, your networks that didn't continue to work and then they kind of got lost in that? Yes, I've seen a, a lot of people um, in my peer group who have had some success and then decided to stop working. And then all of a sudden their uh, investments that were going to carry them didn't, didn't do so well. And they get lost in the fray. And, and, um, and then they have a lot of regrets for, for having not uh, done some things differently. Uh, my my whole thing is, is I see a lot of people who get a little older and, and they kind of give up on life. And I don't think we're supposed to do that. I think we're supposed to be charged uh, daily uh, to be the best we can be and to help others and and, to, you know, to to have an attitude of uh, believing, you know, most people, most people um, don't experience success because of one thing, belief. And um, when you believe uh, that you can do something, then you're going to do it. Uh, just take, for instance, weight loss. If you believe that you can lose, you know, 10 pounds, you're going to do it. But that belief uh, triggers action. Uh, if you don't really believe that in your heart, you're probably not going to lose 10 pounds. So it's, it's just a whole mindset of things that I teach people how to do uh, that creates great success. And this is my gift. How do you believe if you don't? Well, uh, it has to be created. It has to, you have to work with, uh, you have to work with someone who's had great success. See, see what happens, what happens in the whole process is you have experiences. Experiences start here and these experiences could be uh, bad or good or whatever, uh, but they form your belief system, your belief window. 
And so when, when let's just say you go through a divorce or you go through a downturn in your business or you have a catastrophic thing happen in your life, those are experiences that are helping form your belief. And so the next step right in the middle, right in the middle before you really reach that vision uh, or dream or wherever in your heart, right in the middle is what's called perseverance perseverance while you're going through those life experiences those life experiences are the teacher uh, that helps create the belief system the perseverance to get you to really where you want to be that vision or dream in your life and so most people don't understand it that way but that's exactly what works the toughest times i've experienced in my life are the ones that um, propel me to greatness in what i was doing and in those tough moments what got you to that next stage? Was it your own self or was it mentors or was it something else? Yeah, just just having a mentor who uh, believed in me and believed in me when I couldn't believe in myself. So you need you need a champion in life. You need someone who who believes in you, who sees greatness in you and who knows that you can do it. And, um, you know, I, I uh, have always run when I, in a tough time, I've always run on somebody else's belief until I could get that belief of my own going through that time of trial or perseverance, uh, to get to the point where I believed I could do it. And so many times, so many times in my life, uh, that one more day, that one more thing that I did propel me to greatness instead of giving up. There is a quote, I think it was Jim Rohn said that everybody should have five, at least five mentors and then you look at any public company and they've got a whole dozen folks on their board of directors that are trying to give them good advice and trying to steer the ship. But it's so easy to when you're just going through life to just have nobody as a sounding board to tell you what you're doing is right or wrong or to pull you up. Have you been intentional about creating mentorships and, and having mentors in your life? Yes, I've had uh, some really good mentors in my life, uh, both in athletics uh, and business. And, um, I believe that everybody should have a mentor and everybody should be a mentor to someone. Uh, you know, I, I, have had some really great financial mentors in my life, uh, business mentors, uh, people who knew spiritual mentors, uh, coaches and, uh, and athletic mentors who've really helped me go next level. And, um, I think that's so important in your life. And that's what I'm trying to do. That's, uh, James, I'm trying to give back what I know. You know, we only own the earth for a certain amount of time, and uh, I don't want to die with the music still in me. I want to give it away. And how many people do you want to give it away to? Like, what do you have a number? Do you have a goal? It, being a competitive person, you, I'm sure you've got some type of indicator of if you succeeded or not in this. Well, we'll talk about that, um, I guess, later toward the end of, of what we're doing here. But um, you know, my my vision is to have a million people included in my insiders club, getting my information again for less than a cup of Starbucks coffee that they spend monthly on Starbucks and to be able to see them really grow and change as not only as in business or as people. There's so many people who have good jobs uh um, you know, and, and things like that, who don't want to have a business, but they want to, they want to be better at what they do. They want to be better people. And, um, and so I'm, um, I'm very excited about what I do and, 
and how I see it working. And, and this is not something I just had a harebrained idea about, James. This is something that, you know, every, every great business person always tests what it is they're starting to do. And, uh, and so I put this to the test. I have eight people that I'm working with who are having phenomenal success using my systems, using my uh, uh, ability to um, position uh, them in the marketplace. And it's just been phenomenal to watch. I mean, uh, in, during the year of COVID, uh, the eight people that I mentor have seen over 30% increase in their business and, um, uh, you know, the cash flows and things of, of that nature have been really strong. So I'm very pleased with what, what I am able to do to help people. What are you seeing as the common trend that people need the most help with when, when you're having these conversations with entrepreneurs and business owners and, and, and professionals? Well, I believe, um, you know, in, in, in some businesses, and those of you who are listening can probably relate to this, but some businesses are so cash intensive that you can make a profit and go broke. It's all about cash flow. And, and, uh, and so uh, God has really given me eyes at sea. And most people look at things but I see things, you know, I have spiritual eyes. And what I do is I teach the people that I work with to see things differently, to see how it is they uh, structure and position their business in order to maximize things like cash flow and, and uh, to become more profitable and, uh, and to make good sound decisions that, that carry them in the long term. And so without divulging too much, that's what I do. What about mental like needs as far as their attitude? Have you seen any trends that that maybe they just need a, a, a small amount of help with an attitude adjustment? It, it it's really starts with with mindset. I call it. It really everything really starts with mindset, and and it's like playing you know baseball. If you think you can do it, you can do it. And in business, if you think you can do it, you can do it. But if you think you can, if there's any doubt in your heart then you need to lock arms with somebody who can believe for you until you can believe because you might have a great idea, but until you believe you can do it and, and you're willing to take the action that backs that up, um, you're probably not going to have the success you're looking for. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I just feel like everybody's a coach nowadays where if you go online and you have a business, there's a coach that can help you and maybe hundreds of them. And they might even be sending you messages on Instagram or through your email and saying that they can help you. But it's it's like kind of it's noise. How do you determine if someone actually knows what they're talking about before you spend your good money? Because I've also seen that where people are hiring business consultants from their local chamber and they never actually even built a business. They don't they don't know what you need to do. They're just guessing. Well, you know, uh, James, and, and certainly without offending anyone, and I, and I and I acknowledge that anybody who's trying to better themselves as a coach and that kind of thing, then more power to them. But it's like uh, it's like going to business school, as you and I discussed one time, or uh, you know, most of those guys who are teaching you in business school have never built a business, right? And uh, but they have some good information, and I, I'm sure. You know, it's very helpful. Uh, some of the things I learned in business school, like quantitative statistics, I never used it again. And I built two over two hundred million dollar companies. Um, but yes, um, you know, who I like to say, who are you listening to? You know, who are you listening to? 
would would you want to seek advice from um, you know a car mechanic to get a heart surgery? No, you wouldn't. And so my my thing is is um, I'm going to seek advice from people who've actually done what I want to do. And and I look at I, I'm not a coach. Uh, I'm not a coach, and that's not what I do. Um, I am a, I am an entrepreneur with elite qualities <clears throat> that can teach you how to become successful in anything in your business. If you apply my principles, I can teach you how to be a, uh, more successful in your in your personal life and your business. You know, uh, you know why? Because I have learned by failing forward, as as uh, John Maxwell would say. But but there's so there, there's so many people out there who are charging people uh, huge fees uh, to help them to do what they're supposed to do. They never have success, and there are a lot of dead bodies left along the way. And uh, people uh, pay, you know, five thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars or whatever they pay. Uh, and they don't get any success because, again, what I addressed on the front end of this call is that belief window. And and when I am going to do something uh, significant or different or, or want to have more success in my life, or I want to become a better person. I look at someone who's actually done it. Someone has fruit on the tree. Um, you know, so if you want to build a business and you want to learn how to level up your business, if you have an existing business, then you should certainly uh, uh, seek out someone who's actually done it, actually done it. My pet peeve is um, I had someone call me and and uh, said, said uh, you know, I see that, that you're a business person. Uh, uh, I'm a business coach. Would you like for me to help you? <laughs> and, and, and I didn't even have time to respond. And the next message from them about 15 minutes later was, oops, I've read your profile. Sorry, I bothered you <laughs> kind of thing. They should have weird. said, P.S., can you coach me? <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was kind of cute. But, you know, to each their own. And, you know, I never I never downgrade or, you know, talk badly about somebody else's business. I just want to cheer them on no matter what they're doing, because they have uh, most of them have good intentions. And, and I'm sure. But, hey, if you want to learn to do something, find somebody who's done what what you're trying to do. And I don't think it necessarily has to come from a one-on-one -on -one interaction. It can come from a book, a, a well-placed book that is on the topic that you're going through. And yeah. my wife and I are growing um, our businesses right now. And a previous podcast guest, Jordan Hall, talked about a book that I had never read, which was surprising. And it was called The Entrepreneur Myth. And I guess it's a, a classic. It's It's been around. It's helped lots and lots of people. And it was just the right book at the right time that's really helped with exactly what we're needing. And I think yes. that that is, is much better than just reading business books all the time, but actually reading what you need right now to help you get over that hurdle and give you the words of encouragement. And um, I'm curious if you have use these principles, your business principles in other areas of your life, not business related, like health or family or personal relationships too. Yes, uh, I, I do. I, I do. It works every, it works in anything. Um, it's like um, personal, it's personal discipline. That, that's a word people need to receive. Um, I have a personal discipline and I apply it to everything. 
um, training, for instance, most people call it working out. I call it training. I don't work out. I train. And so there's a difference, you know, when you're trying to be an athlete on an elite level, you don't work out, you train. And, and so what, what I try to do is have a discipline of working out every week, uh, training every week, uh, to accomplish a purpose, you know? And so, uh, to, to look and feel better at every, every age, I'm not trying to, um, I'm not trying to make the, the team anymore. I'm just trying to uh, take care of myself. And I think that's what we're charged to do, take care of ourselves. And, and, and then uh, you mentioned reading. I, I think it's so important for people to read and continue to educate themselves. I, I read all the time. And, uh, and I have a personal devotional time every morning. Uh, that I do. I, I have a personal devotional time every morning. I go to the gym and then I come back and get dressed for battle and and, uh, and and get my day going. But I plan my day before the day starts. What does that uh, look like? I want to know yeah. more in detail. Yeah. So so I, I have a list of things that I want to accomplish during that day. And they're written down uh, the old fashioned way. I write them down and and uh, I go through that list, uh, you know, just consistently every day, making sure I'm covering all the bases I need to cover. And if something uh, is not accomplished in that day, I simply just carry it over to the next day. But but what I find with most people is there's no preparation. You know, preparation wins wins the the day. Preparation wins the battle. And most people don't prepare, therefore they don't they don't have success. That makes sense. And are you creating basically a fresh list each day and then carrying over? Or do you have like a running list that just gets longer and longer and longer and you're crossing things out? No, no, I, uh, I care. I make a new list every day. Cause that, that can be, uh, overwhelming when you, and I've found that I'm a list maker as well. And I've, I've heard some people say, Oh, don't make lists. And then I've tried to not do that. And the wheels just fall off. I love lists and I love crossing things off. And I've found if I've got a list of tasks to do, they just get done. I don't like to see them on there. Think about having a list and having a plan and having a purpose as opposed to uh, showing up at your work and saying, well, what are we doing today? Yeah. What's on the list besides tasks like having this podcast with me today? Is there are you detailed and putting personal tasks on there, too? Like, is your devotional time and your workout on there? Or are those just those just happen? They're non-negotiable. Yeah. Yes. As a, uh, well, those are non-negotiable, but, um, but I have a, but I have a plan of what I'm going to do when I do my, my training session. And I have a plan of what I'm going to do every morning when I have my devotional time. And then I have a plan of what I'm doing in my business every day, who I'm calling, who I'm encouraging, uh, banking relationships, uh, all of those things that are necessary to be successful in the business, as you know, James. And, uh, and so again, uh, I have my personal list. A lot of times I have a, a, a sticky note um, pad that's a, you know, what is it? Uh, five by seven, a large, one of those larger ones that mm-hmm. have the lines on them. And I'll make notes to myself and stick them uh, above my desk on the wall. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, and just remind myself of who I am and what I'm doing. So I want to break those three down a little bit further. And it's selfish because this is a part of my daily routine I'm trying to hone in. 
because it's 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 easy to get all your work done when you've got not a lot of work to do. It's very hard when you're trying to grow multiple businesses, still uh, love your wife well, take care of your health and everything else. Then you do have to be meaningful with your time and really manage your time. I thought, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. No one can tell me what I'm going to do with my time anymore. And now I have to be more dedicated to my time than ever before. So you yeah. said you start your day with a, with a devotional. When do you make a plan of what you're going to read and what you're going to study there? I want to preface what I'm getting ready to say by saying this. Um, I respect what everybody believes and, and what, what I want to say to the audience is uh, if you're secure in what you believe, then what somebody else believes can never offend you. Uh, people are so offended by what somebody believes in our society today. And that's what's wrong with our society. Uh, my wife has taught me, you know, love wins. And we just try to love people and encourage people. And we try to listen to people and to listen to their opinions because everybody has one. And, uh, and so it's okay what somebody believes. But my belief is uh, I'm a Christian. And so I wake up every morning. I have three devotionals that I read, Jesus Calling, Jesus Always, and Strings in the Desert. Okay, hold on. I want to. I want to. I want to get those down. Jesus calling, Jesus always, and streams in the desert. Okay, and there's a daily passage for each one of those, and I read through them uh, every morning. A lot of times before the sun comes up, <laughs> and uh, and then and then I read through. Uh, I I've read through the Bible seven times. I'm reading through the Bible now because there's so much wisdom that comes from the Proverbs. I read a proverb every day. Here's a tip for you. There are 31 days in a month usually, and there are 31 Proverbs. And so every day, uh, today I read uh, Proverbs 9 because today is the ninth. And so it just works for me. It gives me the encouragement. And then people learn differently. I learn by writing things down and some people learn visually. But so I will take, um, I'll take again, a sticky note and I will write down what I, what the key points I learned from each one of those readings. And I'll have it before me and I'll, I'll look at it all during the day. And so, so anyway, people are, people are going through difficult times in our society now and they need encouragement. And uh, that certainly is a way of getting encouragement every day. And you do it before you check your phone? Yes. Before you get out of bed? Uh, oh, no, no. I, I get out of bed. I get out of bed and, uh, and have a coffee, uh, you know, do my brush my teeth, whatever. And then I sit down in a quiet spot without my phone uh, because that phone can be so distracting. And, and I have that quiet time to read. And I'll tell you, if you're reading a book, put your phone aside and put it on silent so you can read 10 minutes without interruption. People can wait for you for 10 minutes. I've sometimes wondered with balance, like oh, when I've been talking with friends who, are, who have a hard time reading or, or or doing this sort of stuff, I say, okay, write down a list of what could come up in your work or in your life that would be such an emergency that you needed to respond within five minutes. And it's like, exactly. there's almost nothing. Uh, when I take my wife out to dinner, we try not to uh, you know, have our phones open. We try to spend that time together. And it's so important because there's so many distractions you know, you're either going in the right direction or you're being distracted. I believe I'm also a Christian, and, and we talk about this on the podcast a lot, 
distractions and temptations are also spiritual, trying to pull us off the path that we're on, maybe when we're heading in the right track. It's unbelievable how many temptations to do other things I have when I just want to sit down and read my Bible. I think of everything in the world that I need to be doing except for that. And sometimes I just have to say, nope, I'm doing this no matter what. And then it calms down and it's quiet and it's gone. But you have to know that the that that's happening or it's easy just to get caught up in those in in those distractions. That's right. That's exactly right. So you you have your devotion time and then you have a uh, a training time. So what about that? How does that how is that built? How is that set up in advance? Well, I uh, I have done this most of my life. And so I work. Uh, different body parts uh, when I am doing resistance training. And um, I've learned the older I get, the less weight I want to lift and the more reps I want to do. And, uh, and so I have a plan of attack. I do, I do probably 150, 200 <clears throat> abs every day. And uh, I even have a ball in my office. I sit on uh, as opposed to a chair that helps with your abs and, and so forth. And so I'm back and forth from the ball to the chair and it's just having a plan. Um, and there's a, there's an app called fit F I T H I M fit him. That will absolutely give you a daily, uh, workout routine where you can work body parts. And most people who've never trained before, uh, they need that help and need that guidance. And I think that's one way to do it. They also have a fit her and it works the same way. Okay. So I will link to that and to these books you've mentioned and to your website in the show notes for this episode, which the listener can find over on my website, quandall.com slash land. That's quandall.com slash land. And how do you feel on a day when you don't do these things? Because it has to happen occasionally, right? Do you ever drop these habits? Yeah. Yes. I want to, I want to share probably one of the most powerful things I'm going to share with you. The reason that you have a bad day is because of your emotions. Now, now I want you to hear this and your emotions are driven by the sleep you had the previous night. If I wake up in the morning and I haven't had seven hours sleep, then emotionally I'm off. And uh, I wear this ring uh, with the diodes in it called the Aura ring. And it measures my heart rate, my sleep, my readiness score. It measures everything. And, um, you know, my life has been changed by that because I used to operate thinking that I was a, a great entrepreneur when I could work on three hours of sleep or four hours of sleep or five hours of sleep. And what I didn't really understand that I was destroying myself, my body. And so what I've determined is that when my readiness score is in the 90s and my sleep score is in the 90s, I've had the adequate sleep. My heart rate has settled down at night so that my body can repair and rebuild itself. And uh, man, I perform at a high level. I get more done with seven hours of sleep uh, than I ever did with five. So it just works. Mm-hmm. So what that I want to know how you set up your evening routine to maximize the sleep. And then second, I'll go into what do you do in the, when you don't get a good night of sleep? 
because that, that has to happen too. I know it. So how do you set yes. up the, the the sleep sanctuary, which a friend of mine likes to call the bedroom because it, it, he believes the same thing. Your your deep sleep each night is critical. But how do you yes. set it up and, and how do you what's your nighttime routine? Well, I try to finish eating by 8 p.m. And so I give my body at least a couple of hours to digest what I've consumed. And, uh, and I try to go to bed by, I try to go to bed by 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night or 1030. And, and the worst detractor you can have is your phone. When you're going to bed at night, turn that thing off, put it down. You know, you've worked on it all day, put it aside, uh, put it on silent, let it charge and, and don't look at it again. And, and that's what helps me. And, and when, when I have days, honestly, um, I thought naps were forbidden. I thought naps were for weak people. Listen to this. I now in my office have a yoga mat and, and I also have a couch, but a lot of times what I'll do, uh, is when I've had a bad night's sleep or something has caused me not to sleep well, uh, you know, whatever it might be. Um, I, take a 30 minute nap on that yoga mat on the floor where I can stretch out, not be too comfortable, be comfortable enough. And that 30 minutes will absolutely show up in your readiness score and improve how you feel. It's amazing. It's just absolutely amazing. That's uh, a 20 or 30 minute nap can replace almost 90 minutes of sleep time at night because of the way we go through our sleep cycle. So you just pop in a 20 or 30 minute nap in the afternoon on a night, maybe you only got six hours of sleep, and it's like you got seven and a half, like you should have gotten. Yes, it's, exactly. You know, you you have quite the athletic background, and we didn't talk about that at all. But I can tell you that I know now the professional athletes are taking naps. They are because they're training, 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 and they need to be able to switch off that high energy immediately and get into recovery and rest mode, or they burn them out. And that's how they're getting exactly. that's how these folks like Tom Brady are still playing at peak performance because yes. they know the recovery stage is is so important. And it's important to entrepreneurs and professionals and anyone that's trying to make a difference in this world to rest and rehabilitate. Well, let's take Tom Brady, for instance. Do you think Tom Brady has a plan, a daily plan? <laughs> Tom Brady's yeah. got a, a five-year plan, I'm sure, day-to-day. -day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so so he has a daily plan of what he puts in his mouth to consume, how much rest he needs, uh, where he needs to take a nap. He, he has a plan. And so why shouldn't we? That's, that's true, yeah. And so on a day... Like my issue occasionally is I'll travel for a work meeting or I'll go visit family up in Michigan and I'll fall off of some of my routines. Maybe I won't read my Bible or I won't get my workout done and then I'll come home and those routines are really hard to get back into after that. Have you experienced yes. that sort of thing with your work and travels? Yeah, that's called distractions. But I, th I think when you're uh, I think when you become a little more m mature in what you're doing. Uh, in business, you'll realize that you really depend upon that for your success. And so I just take mine with me or I'll, uh, you know, there are apps on the phone now that you can use. And so you're really not ever without it, but, but I try to stay within my routine when I'm traveling, I try to take some nuts to eat some fruit and, um, things that, that propel me to, um, 
to do be the best I can be. That makes sense. Yeah, it really, you said it's a distraction. I'll, I'll use an even less friendly term on myself and say it's just an excuse or laziness for me. It's like, oh, I'm yeah. traveling. Now I can get away with not doing this and I don't have to feel guilty about it because I'm traveling. So it's, it's easy, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think that I need the spiritual encouragement every day by reading uh, my devotional times. And I'll tell you, I, I, I will not start my, I haven't missed, I will not start my business day without it because it just encourages me in such a profound, powerful way uh, to continue to do what I feel like I'm being called to do. And, and I just encourage people to have it. My, my wife, uh, my wife came down the stairs one morning and she says, I just love your discipline. And, uh, and I said, well, describe what you're, what you're saying. So I make sure I understand what you're saying. She said, no, I'll, she said, you are up early. You, you do the th right things. He said, you, you read your devotional time, you work out and then you're on your business. It's just like, it's, it's like a joy to watch. And she says, our children are so blessed by watching your personal discipline. And then she said, and at night, you you don't sit there and, and eat chips and watch TV. Uh, at night, you're sitting there uh, reading and trying to be a better person. And, uh, and she says, you're not above watching a movie or watching sports or something, but you know, uh, you know that uh, TV is a very powerful thing and it can it can influence the way you think. And so I don't put anything into my mind that uh, influences the way I think, except the things I want there. So very, very, very good discipline. What I know about you, that's probably one of the best compliments she can possibly or anyone can give you is to is to credit your discipline. Well, the old saying is what you do speak so loudly. I can't hear a word you say. So, so if you're doing the things that you're supposed to be doing, people will recognize it. And sooner or later, they will acknowledge it and affirm it. It's so powerful in business when you're doing the right things, people will affirm you every time. The nighttime studying is what I'll call it. What are you, what are you reading? What are you enjoying at night? I have an app on my phone um, and, a, and an iPad. And the app is called Blinkist and, and it gives you, it's like giving you cliff notes of books that you can read hmm. and you can, you can, you can determine what books you want to read and uh, you can either listen to it or you can read it right there on your iPad or, you know, tablet or whatever you have. And, uh, it's just so powerful. Um, I used to have so many books you know, and, and, and to, in today's world, I don't have a place to store them all with technology and things moving forward. Uh, it's just so important to have a discipline of reading and, and educating yourself all the time. I don't know everything. So I need to, I need to hear what other people know. And, uh, and that helps formulate my, uh, my thinking. I, I really want to talk a little bit more about mentorships. And then I want to talk about some other words like focus and inspiration and integrity and other things I know that are important to you. But what about if you are wanting to do something new that's different and the people around you are saying, don't do that or it's too risky or that's not what we know you by. Like you're trying to reinvent yourself and the people around you aren't ready for that yet. 
Well, all my life, I've had people tell me what I can't do. And, and what you have to understand is that's what people know how to say to you, but they really don't mean anything by it, but that's just what people say. Um, I, I grew up in a, I guess we would call it a poor family. My father worked in a mill and had a fifth grade education, a cotton mill. And, um, you know, we had the things we needed, but not all the things we wanted. And, and I tell you, it formulated uh, my, my thinking and my sister's thinking because we've all been ultra successful. People would say things to me like in the small town I grew up in, well, nobody ever from our town ever played Major League Baseball and you won't do it either. Hmm. And they don't mean anything by that. And my father would say, don't pay them any attention. They've, they've never done what you want to do. You know, listen to what I'm telling you and I'm training you. I've, I, you know, I played semi-professional ball and my father says, you know, you have it. And so I stayed with it and kept my belief system right. And so one day the Dodgers draft me. Uh, to play professional baseball. And all those people were saying, we knew you were going to do it, you know, <laughs> and, and, and uh, you know, give me tickets to spring training if you got them. <laughs> and, and so, you know, yeah, we knew you were going to do it. We were just trying to toughen you up, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And then, and then when I, I tore my rotator cuff and, and uh, that dream was over, I had to get another dream and I got in the transportation business and, uh, some of my friends were saying, hey, man, you're crazy. You're going to lose everything you have. You don't know anything about transportation. Why don't you just get a job like we have? And I said, well, you know, that's not what my calling is. I want to be in the transportation business, and I feel like I'm being called to do that. And and uh, sure enough, uh, seven years later, most of those people wanted to work for my company because we took $50,000 and created a, the eighth largest transportation company in North America. You don't listen to people again who haven't done what you're trying to do. That makes sense. But my challenge is if you don't have that mindset of trust in yourself and the people around you are saying, oh, you can't do it. How do you get someone around you that will, will cheer you on or get this fortitude to just believe in yourself enough? Well, again, it's so important to have that mentor, someone who's done what you're trying to do. And um, I had one early on in my transportation career. I have one now financially. I have one now spiritually. That person kept telling me, you have it in you. You can do it. I believe in you. Your business plan works. Keep going for your dream. Uh, not everything is easy. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. But there's greatness in you, and I believe in you, and I know you can do it. And those were the only words I needed to hear to keep my fire red hot. And uh, I took $50,000 and, and built a $200 million company. Pretty cool, that, that doesn't happen um, very often in this world. Almost never. Well, it's, it's available to happen all day long, every day. And, and it's just the fire, you know, one eighth of an inch below your skin is that fire burning in you that's red hot that wants to accomplish something in your life. And, and I've done it twice and I'm doing it a third time now. And, and I believe that there are people out there who are listening to this, who have that dream in their heart and they just need somebody to believe in them. They need somebody to tell them they can. They need somebody that they can ask questions to and say, how did you do this? How did you do it? See, the, it, I, I want to I make sure that you hear this. Um, and again, uh, I would never offend anybody in any way. And so whatever you believe, I, I respect that. So, so listen to what I believe. I believe that tough times are designed to help you 
become more successful and more finely tuned in to what you're being called to do. Uh, the tough times in my life, the, the bad decisions I've made, things I've done that I shouldn't have done have all been used for my good. All right. That's number one. And so if you're if you uh, are experiencing a tough time, uh, uh, just know that uh, that you will be delivered from it, that there, there's an end to the tough time. Um, uh, you might, again, you might go through tough times before you delivered, but you will be delivered. The second thing I would like to say is that God um, has the resources to equal any tough time or difficult time in your life. You just got to trust him. And then the third thing is it's safe to trust God's timing when you're going through a trust time, tough time instead of yours. Oh, oh, always me. You know, gosh, I wish I could get out of this. Well, the what you're in is forming what's going to happen in the future for your greatness. Remember what I said a while ago, you know, the tough times, the difficulty, you know, the perseverance, and then boom, uh, you accomplish that vision. And so the third thing is, is trust God's timing. I, see, listen, I'd rather work by his clock than mine. Right. And then the fourth thing is uh, difficulty is usually actually the atmosphere that surrounds a miracle. And that, and that cool. And so every difficult thing I've been, been through, I've seen the miracle happen later of great success because I was chastened and taught in that tough time. And, uh, and most people, most people want uh, prosperity all the time and blessing all the time, but you have to, you have to earn it. You have to earn your stripes. And, and most of the time in business, I mean, look at, Look at successful people. Look at Walmart. I mean, the guy started Walmart and is 60, almost 60 years old. And, and he almost went broke in a five and dime. Uh, and so look at the look at the difficulties that people have gone through in their life to get to where they're supposed to be. It's so cool to watch. You uh, just mentioned one of my favorite entrepreneurs, Sam Walton, and his yes. book is unbelievable just the, the tome of how to excel in retailing and i thought when you were talking about that the bad times and having to work through them and how they make us who we are i thought of the concept the hero's journey that hollywood uses basically in every script they write to make sure that it's going to be good and in that hero journey every single time is that phase where you have to kind of muck it out. You got to go through that hard time for the glory on the other side, because anything that was easy isn't actually even that enjoyable once you achieve it. Yes. So exactly you right. don't, you don't actually think it was worth anything if it just was given to you. You got to do right. something to get it. And uh, Sam Walton, sure. I'll, I'll link to his book as well, because that book really formed a lot of my thinking today. And that's another way possibly autobiographies and biographies of successful people because you just read one of those and you'll realize their life wasn't as great as it seemed on paper. Would you want to go through that turmoil to get where they got? You know, I had a, I had a, a group of businessmen um, who used to meet together and um, I invited um, a, a man who owned a large grocery chain and I won't mention the name of the chain or the man's name. But uh, I mean, a large grocery chain. And he came to speak to our men 
to encourage them in their faith and so forth. And, and he spent time with me the day before, spent the night at our house and so forth in our guest room. And, and he told me, he says, you know, uh, before I attained success, I was, I almost went broke. He said, I was, I was on the verge of declaring bankruptcy. And he said, one day I got up from my home and I, I told my wife, I'm going to rent a motel room where I can be by myself and I can talk to God about what it is I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm going to take legal pads and tape, and I'm going to write down everything that I, that I'm hearing I'm supposed to be doing. And the guy stayed there for two or three days in the hotel room and he had taped things all over the wall about how he was going to be a low cost provider and take a different approach to the grocery store business. Make a long story short, the guy's a billionaire today. And, but he almost went broke, uh, but he had to retool. He had to take another di- direction. He had to remove all of the distractions of the other people telling him this and that, and this and that. And he had to follow the dream in his heart. And uh, that blessed me so much. And it blessed all the, the men that there were over 500 men there that day listening to him. And, um, and I'll never forget it. So you need to follow that direction that you're being called to do and remove all the distractions. Do you have any suggestions for litmus, litmus testing your, your dream to, Make sure it's the right one. I mean, how do you, because you really got to believe in it if you're going to go through all of this. How do you know it's truly your calling and it's the right dream to go after? Well, I believe you need to listen to that uh, still, quiet voice that's speaking to you. And and I'll give you an example of that. One time I, I went to a, a, a meeting and heard a missionary talk about helping uh, kids that were hurting in, a, in another country and I was so moved by it. I went to sleep that night and I woke up early the next morning and I was taking a shower and I just felt like I heard something say, give this amount of money to that missionary guy who's trying to help kids. And so I I knew that I knew that I knew that that that's what I was supposed to do. And you'll know, you'll know when you're being called. And so here's, here's a great story. I went down, got my checkbook, got, I got dressed, went down, got my checkbook and I drove to that church where where that missionary had been. And I said, I want to make sure you give this money to that missionary that was here last night and not take a penny out of it. Make sure he gets every penny of this money. I said, you'll assure me that, right? Yeah. Okay. So I gave him this money. So watch how God works. And so it was a significant amount of money. And so about three or four weeks later, I get this handwritten letter from this missionary from this foreign country telling me, Mr. Land, you don't know what it means to us for you to send that amount of money because that's exactly the amount of money we needed to survive. Listen, to that. that's exactly the amount of money we need to survive. And I'm thinking, look at God. And so I never thought about it again. I just was thankful for being able to be a blessing. And uh, about another month later, uh, I have a friend of mine who owed me some money. Once you loan money to your friends, you, you you might as well decide you're giving it to them because a lot of times you don't give it back. And uh, and and I got a letter in the mail from this friend that owed me a money for for years for years, and he said I've been so moved. I think God wants me to pay you this back. I've had the money, and I I think I'm supposed to pay you back. 
<laughs> and it was it was almost to the penny what I had given the missionary. I'm speechless from that. That's that makes me speechless. And uh, but I have that happen all the time. I have that happen all the time. See, when you're when you're being called to do something and you're walking in your anointing, and you don't budge from that, and you don't let anything deter you from that. Hey, you you. I always tell people, tough times never last. Tough people do. You're going to have some tough times along the way. Just stay the course. Stay with somebody who's going to encourage you and tell you you can do this. Do you write down these blessings? Do you write them somewhere so you can go back and look at them? And, and... <laughs> that's what I was doing this morning. And and I don't journal every day. I just journal, journal occasionally when I'm moved to do it because I have so much I want to tell people, like that story right there. And sometimes I remind myself to write that down so I can tell somebody later about that because because God is going to use that story for me to encourage somebody else. Uh, I, I remember, see, see, tough times. Now, now let's, let's talk about that a minute. Let's talk about the $200 million company, but let's go all the way back to the, to the young guy sitting in a one-room truck stop with $50,000 and a dream. Let's talk about that young guy not even having a house or a rental house to live in, living in a travel trailer at a campground, with no shower in the trailer, right? You had to go to the community shower at the campground to take a shower before you go to work or before you go to bed. That was me, okay? So with $50,000, James, I ran out of money in the transportation. I ran out of money in about five weeks. <laughs> you know, I was out of money. You know, we were growing, we were doing good, but I was out of money. I didn't understand the game. And so I saw this person who financed this company who financed receivables and they were based in Atlanta. So I called them on the phone and I said, you know, my receivables, my accounts receivables are primo. They're the top chain store companies, Kroger and people like that in the country. I said, I have a great business plan, uh, but I don't have any assets. He said, I said, can you help me? And they kind of laughed at me and talked down to me. And man, that thing really burned me up. And so after work that day, I got I got in my old Pontiac station wagon with the tires not so good. I put a coat and tie in the back seat and some, you know, toiletries to shave and an extra pair of underwear and, uh, you know, and nice clothes. And I and I drove to Atlanta overnight, slept in my car, took a shower at a truck stop and shave, got up. Put on, uh, put on my suit, got up, went to the office. And at eight o'clock in the morning, when this man walked in his lobby, I was sitting there and he says, he says, you don't have an appointment. Now, now think about this. I am, I am, my survival is dependent upon this, right? I got to have a line of credit. And I said, no, sir, I don't have an appointment, but I talked to you on the phone yesterday and I don't think you gave me a chance to tell you who I am and what I'm going to do with this. And I said, please just give me 10 minutes. He said, okay, come back to my office. I'm going to give you 10 minutes. 10 minutes turned into three hours. He was mesmerized by what I was trying to do and what my business plan will do. And he said, if it, he told me, he said, son, he said, if everybody was as interested in their business and passionate about their business as you are, I would never have a bad loan. That's what he told me. And so I needed a $150,000 line of credit. 
And so he said, son, what kind of line of credit do you need me to give you today? Because I'm going to help you. I said, sir, I need a $300,000 line of credit. <laughs> I said, I need a $300,000 line of credit to grow my business. He said, I tell you what I'll do. I'll give you 150,000 line of credit and you make sure you follow all the procedures and give me your receivables. And he said, we'll make this work. I said, thank you, Lord. That's exactly what I needed. And I got in my old Pontiac station wagon with the fake wood on the side and drove home and never looked back. We, our, our sales started uh, on a era going straight up and our company doubled and tripled each year. And, um, and we just operated in the favor of God and the anointing and we never looked back. And that's an amazing story. That is amazing. And, and, it, and you had the, you did so many things right there to actually, one, you were living where you were living, which had to have been hard and, and not great for confidence. But then you asked for the help that you needed. And when you got a no, you didn't take the no. You got in your car and drove to go just, just I mean, and then you, did, you just did so many things right you didn't just take the first no. I think that for me is one of the biggest lessons there. People are distracted. People are are not focused on us. They've got their own problems and they may give you a no because they didn't even listen and that's what they're used to doing. And once you came and showed that you were different, he actually listened. And then once he listened, he could hear what you had to say. And that's just so impressive. One common trait that you're going to find in every successful a uh, business person, athlete, whatever, is one word, tenacious. Let's look at Tom. We talked about Tom Brady. He's tenacious. Michael Phelps, swimmer, tenacious. Uh, you you just start, uh, Elon Musk, you, you like him or you don't like him. It doesn't matter. Warren Buffett, they're tenacious in what they're doing. And and so you have to you have to have the quality of saying, look, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be tenacious. I'm going to go after it every day. And, and even in my life today, I'm tenacious. I'm, I'm after it. Yeah. And to in a point where you're choosing to be tenacious, you're not living in the uh, campground camper and showering in, a, in the, the shower at the public restrooms at the campground anymore. And in other words, to me, that shows it's something that you have, and that's what gets you to be successful, and it doesn't leave. You have it your whole life. You form this habit and discipline of, ten, of being tenacious, and you will have that forever. Yes. If, if you're fearful about doing something, if you will train yourself just to do it anyway, and whether you fail or not, it doesn't matter. I have failed a lot in my life, but I've dusted myself off and gotten up and gone again. And that's what every great business person or athlete, uh, do you think athletes fail? Of course they do. Uh, do. Do you think business people fail? Of course they do. Do you think people uh, fail in their personal lives? Of course they do. See, the hardest thing you have to do is forgive yourself. Forgive yourself, get up and go again. Okay, you made a bad decision. Great. We all make bad decisions. Get up and make a good decision and keep going. And then you turn it into a story to encourage someone else. So at least at that bad decision, you learn something and you got a story out of it that you can share and it's not wasted anymore. That that I, I, I'm going to take that with me. When I do something and it's a mistake, turn it into a story that I can at least encourage others with. That's right. You know, uh, people people don't will not remember the numbers 
They won't remember what the balance sheet looked like. They won't remember what the cash flow number was. You know what they'll remember? They'll remember a story. Uh, people won't remember how successful your company was or how many trucks you had. We had 1,500 trucks, you know, 1,500, 1,500. They won't remember how many employees you had. You had 2,000 employees. They won't remember you had 23 terminals. They will remember the story that you tell them about what it is you do. People learn, People will always remember that story. I remember, uh, I want to tell you one more story, see? And this is so important to have the right team behind you. This is so important to have the right mentor, to be getting the right information from somebody with a pure heart who really believes in you and your success. Uh, if somebody, uh, James, uh, forgive me for saying this, but if somebody wanted me to come and help them and they had a sizable business, I wouldn't even look at their business for less than $50,000 to help them. And, and I normally turn, in fact, I turn one of those deals down because I don't have time to do it. Um, and, and so I don't want to charge people a lot of money for, to give them what I know. That's why, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. $19.99, $19 to be a part of my insiders club to get the information I have to be successful. And so let me, let me tell you why it's so important uh, to have the right mentor, to have the right situation, uh, to have the right team behind you. And, and goodness knows I have vast resources uh, to give you or help you create a team that you need to be successful. But here's the story. So, so starting out in baseball, my first game I pitched, um, man, I was jacked. And so this is what I trained for all of my life. And, and I was converted from a pitcher to a catcher because I could run and hit and all that. Um, and so that's the quickest way to the bigs, right? So so first, I remember the first game I, I pitched. And um, and so I threw my warm-up pitches that day. And, uh, and, you know, the catcher catches the last pitch and throws it down to second to start the game. And so here, here I am. I look for third base for the ball, no ball. I turn around. And I look to first base for the ball, no ball. And then I look at home plate, and here comes the catcher, big old guy named Dan Scarpa. You know, muscles ripping out of that breast protector, big nose sticking out. You know, I mean, he was he was a beast. And and I'm saying, oh goodness, what have I done wrong? And, you know, he's bringing me the ball, and, uh, and so he brings me that ball. And he looks me in the eyes and he said this to me. He said, kid, this is the moment you've been waiting for all of your life. This is it. He said, this is it. He said, this is what you trained for. And he dropped that ball in my glove. He said, give them the heat. Just like that. Man, butterflies were going up in my stomach. I could have floated off that pitcher's mound that day. And so what did I do? Hitters one, two, and three three strikeouts. We walk to the dugout, right? Uh, <clears throat> next inning out, hitters four, five, and six, three more strikeouts, right? <clears throat> inning number three, you know, you know, last of the order, three more strikeouts. That's nine strikeouts and nine batters. I was throwing some blue smoke, right? So when you're, when you got a no hitter going in, <clears throat> in baseball, uh, the rest of the team is not talking to you. They won't talk to you. And so I'm sitting virtually by myself in the dugout and we're getting ready to go out for the fourth inning and the catcher clankety clankety clank comes walking down to talk to me. 
He sits down by me, he said, kid, he said, you got great stuff today. It's pretty evident to everybody. He said, but here, here, here's what I want to tell you. You don't have to strike everybody out. There are eight other people on the field besides you. <laughs> and we got your back. He said, you just give me good location on the pitches and you give me the great stuff and you're going to win this game today. And so, you know what? I realized that when somebody hit one, there was somebody there to back me up and to catch it and, and to get that out. And we did win that game today, but I didn't strike everybody out. But uh, that was a lesson to me to know that when you got the right team behind you, you're going to win. That's so great. And what would have happened if you kept trying to strike everyone out? You probably would have thrown your arm out or something, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't. Oh, it's not. Well, it's not possible. I'm, <laughs> I've never seen a pitcher strike out, you know, <laughs> try, you know, 27 people in a game. <laughs> but, you know, you have a you you have a uh, you have it going and it just seems like everything's going. And then, you know, the next inning, two people get a hit. That's just the way it works, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the uh, that's such a great story to end on around, around having the right people around you. And I do want to give you a chance to tell us where we can learn more about you and support the work that you're doing, and um, and and any other closing thoughts that you have. Well, we're coming out in January, James, with what I call my Ask Joseph Land Insiders Club, and I will send you the link so that you can give to everybody. But you know, what I've decided to do and much of the conversation we've had today is, you know, people uh, paying exorbitant amounts for uh, getting the information and belief they need to be successful. And, I, you know, I don't really need to charge people a lot of money to do what I'm doing. I'm charging $19.99. And the reason I'm doing that is to help pay for the staff that I employ. We have like six people that work for me just on this uh, that have nothing to do with my other businesses. <clears throat> and so, so we believe that uh, we can have a global reach, that we can have people from every country in the world being a part of our Insiders Club. And we believe that we can give people the encouragement, the belief, and the know-how that they need to be successful in their life for less than they pay for coffee during a, a month at Starbucks, you know? And so um, I'll guarantee you for the people that join my Insiders Club, they will get value they will hear stories from people I've helped. They will hear stories from entrepreneurs that I'm currently helping uh, who are building businesses, who are having great success and who are doing it with my system uh, and, uh, and my strategies to become successful. And so it's, uh, it, it's, it's, not always, it's not always where you are. It's where you want to be and who is willing to help you get there. And, and so I've had some good people help me in my life and I just want to give back and I want to be a blessing to people and I want to make a significant impact in people's lives by teaching them what I've learned the hard way. You're such a blessing, Joseph, and you continue to give and give and give. And I think that this is such a cool idea and I will definitely share more information about it as it, as it comes close to the release and, and make sure to link to everything that we talked about in the show notes for this episode. But just thank you so much for what you're doing. It's such a, a blessing to me, and it's just such a privilege to see what you're putting into the world with such a clean, clear heart and such great intent. Well, thank you, James. And I want to speak to you directly, and I want your listeners to hear this. Um, I am so impressed with what you're doing. 
you're such an encouragement to so many people yourself. And I just love you and your wife and what you stand for and everything that you're doing. You're an entrepreneur in your own right and a very successful one. And I remember our first conversation that you and I had on the phone. Um, I got off the phone. I told my wife, I said, I have finally met somebody that I think thinks exactly like I do. He's such a blessing. I said, I was so blessed when I got off the phone with this man. And she says, I can't wait to meet him. We need to invite him for dinner. <laughs> and so, so I want to tell you what a blessing you have been in my life. And what you're doing is right. You're encouraging people to become all they can be uh, by doing what you're doing with these podcasts and all that I know you're doing otherwise. And so I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for having me be a part of this today. And I hope your audience uh, gets a blessing from hearing some of my stories and my my downfalls and my upfalls or whatever you call it, um, to be successful in their life. And th thank you so much. And we'll do another one when we'll go even deeper and because there's so much more you have to offer, but thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Thanks for listening to this episode of the James Quandall Show. The show notes for this episode and other goodies can be found at quandall.com. Are you enjoying the show? If you are, please subscribe and leave a review. I may end up reading your review live on the next episode. Subscribing, leaving a review, and telling your friends about the show is the best way to support me and help the show grow. See you next time.